after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. That's right, we're here to talk about commercials tonight. Good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. Honey, remember to slaughter the tomatoes with the nun. My name is Andrew Walsh, and I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hello, Vives. Hi, Andrew. That tape that we just heard... Honey, well, here, I'll just play it again. Honey, remember to slaughter the tomatoes with the nun. Honey, remember to slaughter the tomatoes with the nun. Will that commercial come up in today's episode, or was that just a little clip of something that you heard that we should talk about here? No, that will come up in this episode. Okay, good, because that seems like a great commercial. (laughs) I only saw the very beginning of it as I pulled that tape, but it seems like a great concept. Well, hopefully it fits right in with the rest of our uh, our, sh- our concept this week because I want to talk about commercials that feature misunderstandings. I see. Oh, that is a misunderstanding because I'll bet you she wasn't actually saying, oh, now you're getting Honey, it. please slaughter the tomatoes <laughs> with, with a, a nun. With a nun. Interesting. Well, I'm interested in hearing about that. And that is the whole theme today. People had just having misunderstandings. Was that hard to... Is that hard to find? Well, it started with an ad that I've been seeing a lot that I've been enjoying, and it made me start in uh, sort of digging for more examples of misunderstandings and hmm. ads as a uh, humorous premise. So. As, did you? Is that was that your Google search? Humorous premises. I wrote. <laughs> did, did you write misunderstandings and ads as a humorous? <laughs> I mean, premise. I did. I you know, and eventually I wasn't that far off of that. Yes. Are you impressed with my ability to keep my cool and not even skip a beat in that sentence? As as the cat jumped from the shelf behind me onto my shoulders. I'd be more impressed if you then hadn't pulled but, back the curtain. But, but, it was pretty cool, right? <laughs> it was pretty cool. I mean, it happened, and I just <laughs> kept on rolling mid-sentence. Uh, so coming up today, we will hear about misunderstandings. Um, and also, I'm going to play for you a commercial from this uh, 1995 VHS tape I found. Uh, it's a local promo for Como News. Should I say it? Should I say what it is? Or yeah. should I, it's no. scintillating, isn't it? No, yeah, it's scintillating, but you should say what it is. Sex in the Northwest. Oh, my God. Did you watch this thing? No, I haven't. I've been, I'm saving my. I'm saving myself, <laughs> if you will. It's so good. Um, so, yeah, the, the golden age of journalism, 1995. <laughs> Sex in the Northwest, a special Como Channel 5, or uh, whatever channel Como is around here. Um, also, dazzling deets about the Tootsie Pop oh. ad. I don't know these dazzling deets. Oh, my this gosh. Comes by way of, a, of an ad counselor? These are several ad counselors, and we got a boatload of dazzling deets uh, courtesy of the Facebook group, and I can't wait to... This is going to be right up your alley, so I'm so stoked that you haven't read this yet. And this is the classic Tootsie Pop ad that we talked about exactly. last week on the show with the owl and yes, the how many licks does it take animals. to get to the center? Yeah, okay, interesting. Well, you, Genevieve, you got my attention. Now what? All right, Dave, what's up first? Is it going to be that? No, it's not going to be that commercial, huh? You're going to make me wait for the uh, slaughtering uh, tomatoes commercial. That one is further down the show sheet today. Yeah, I but see let's, what you're doing. I you're... think you're going to like these ones that I'm yeah. starting with, though, because these yeah. are in, in pretty heavy rotation um, in the wild, as I love to say. Um, they're for Orkin, the pest control company. 
mm-hmm. a pretty long-standing brand, Orkin Pest Control. Um, but I really the Orkin Man call the Orkin Man, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they had a, like a very successful slogan with "Call the Orkin Man." Um, probably a little outdated now to say the Orkin Man. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are doing a very fun campaign that borrows a lot of energy from like the the way that Geico does ad campaigns. You know, where they come up with like a joke structure. Yeah, very very thin but fillable joke structure. Yeah, and I wouldn't say this is that thin, but it is fun and it is it is it is refillable uh, as you say. <laughs> so, um let's go let's I'll start with this one. This is the premise here or the the example or the the joke here is that they want they want you to call Orkin because Orkin pest control uh people are pros. So you want to get a pro on the situation. Um so in each case one member of a couple tells the other half of the couple to get a pro, but the the other the person who gets that instruction misunderstands it pretty in a pretty wild way. Um, and it's really fun. It's fun because you don't know what's happening until about halfway through the commercial. Um, so in this one, we open in a suburban looking kitchen. Um, there's a woman there, presumably the homeowner. And she's saying uh, to somebody else, hey, we have a problem with ants. And also it kind of invokes oh, wow. that we've huh? got a problem oh. with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've got a problem with ants. Uh, but instead of someone... Instead a lot of, of house. Hope you can keep it clean. <laughs> keep it clean. It's literally our favorite uh, Geico commercial. We have an ant problem. It is. But then it goes in a different direction. Okay. Because the, the person that she's talking to is a river dance aficionado. Uh-huh, and I don't know uh-huh. if it's like a famous river dancer. Probably It might be Michael Flatley for all I know. I have no idea. Um, but he starts doing river dance in the kitchen and we realized that that wasn't really what it meant to get a pro. We definitely have ants in here. Not for long. Owen Lubbers is his name. So Owen Lubbers is river dancing all the hell over this kitchen and it's very fun. What's going on here? What? I said get a pro. I did get a pro. An Orkin pro. I got you. Got ants. <laughs> that's the Orkin that's man. That's the Orkin man there. I, that's a pretty good premise. It is a fun premise. I think there might be a little joke tag on the end best here. Pests. I knew this was weird. <laughs> that's that's the uh, and I assume it is a famous dancer. I, they yes. must slot in other people who are famous. They in do, industries. although they're not like world famous. We're not talking that we're going to see some other types of pros um, who are not bug professionals. Um, and none of them are people that I know, but they're also none of them from genres that I know especially mm-hmm. well. Um, so you got the idea, right? You got like the you got the structure mm-hmm. of the joke. So okay. we're gonna bring in a pro who's gonna address the problem in a way that does not that is not helpful. It's not helpful. You know, I, I would almost say it is a misunderstanding in an ad in with a comedic premise oh my gosh or i would say maybe a humorous premise a humorous premise yeah yeah oh my gosh that's like exactly what i was trying to set up like you you have absolutely nailed it Uh, we're vibing we're we're vibing vibing. i'm so glad this is like (laughs) we're vibing crystal clear (laughs) (laughs) sorry i'll stop doing that at some point no hank okay no more no more hank no mo hank no mo hank that's the new rule Okay, so same basic idea where we are in somebody's kind of backyard patio area here. Um, this time it's the uh, the husband in the couple or the man in the couple. And he's talking to a, a woman tennis player uh, who is identified as Rihanna Valdez. I don't know her, but um, I assume she's a real tennis player. Uh, and he tells her that they have some kind, I forget what kind of bugs that they have out there. But she starts whacking the hell out of everything in their <laughs> patio with her tennis racket. The mosquitoes are just all over the backyard. Quiet, please. Okay. Wow. There, it's good. Okay. She smashes a light bulb. What's going on? 
I said get a pro. I did get a pro. An Orkin pro. I got you. Got mosquitoes. Ah, and there's an, there's the Orkin pro who is not an Orkin man. It's an Orkin pro. Yeah, and I think they've gone out of their way to cast uh, people of different races and genders as the Orkin pros, which I think is a nice kind of rejoinder or or corrective to what we were yeah. just talking about, call an Orkin man. Yeah, I didn't know that they had switched it. I was, when you said Orkin man before, I did um, think, oh, like, yeah, you wouldn't do that today, but I didn't know that they'd actually changed their campaign. I'll bet you this campaign might have even, I mean, couldn't you see that being the premise yes. of the commercial be like, hey, listen, and our our language around this is outdated. We've got a slight, yeah. We've what got if a, we start saying Orkin? What, what could we stop? If we stop saying Orkin man, what would we replace that with? You know how would that works. And how work? can we emphasize? And then that. if you end up getting to pro, then you're like, oh, we could build a whole campaign around that. That's I feel like you we, clever. I feel like that's exactly what probably did happen, and you just successfully reverse engineered. And it. isn't it if if we are right about that? Isn't that like? a great argument for sometimes saying like, oh, the times are changing. We can, it's not like we're canceled or the sky is falling, just saying, oh, we can adapt. And oh, guess what? We can do something fun and creative with it. It is such a great example of why the you can't say anything anymore argument is so bankrupt and just intellectually and creatively bankrupt. Like you had, they had a creative constraint, which was it's no longer, not only is it not, uh, you know, politically correct, which is a phrase I absolutely detest. But not only is it sort of out of vogue, let's say, to say an Orkin man or anything man uh, as a professional, but it's not accurate. Like, I bet mm-hmm. you, you know, of course not every one of their their texts is a, is a, is a man. Mm-hmm. So they're faced with a creative constraint if they want to tell their story in an accurate and, and like modern way. And that creative constraint results in a really fun campaign that mm-hmm. I think is like, I, it has drawn my attention. I watch these ads when they come on, like I don't change the channel. Yeah. And so oh, actually, maybe you said this and I didn't realize that. So these are the ones that caught your attention, which uh, gave you the idea for today's show. So these are currently running. I hadn't seen any of these. Well, I watch a lot more TV than yeah, you. So there's one. Is there one more from this campaign? Yeah, this one's very fun. And, and let it play uh, towards till the end, because I think this one does have a pretty good little tag on the end. This time, the professional that he's that the the man, the home owner has secured is a professional fish uh, fisherman angler angler fisherman. if you don't want to say fisherman sorry i should isn't it and the, this 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 angler is ben milliken for for the fish for the fish heads in the audience i'm ruining the setup for this maybe we can reset it up i'm sorry but i want to go back to one thing in that other commercial that i really liked when the tennis player said shh Yes. Or she shushed him in some way and just said, no, she said, quiet, please. Yes. And then she just starts whacking the air with her tennis racket. Like, it that was such quiet, a, a nod please. to her, her her profession, right? Oh, 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 is that, I didn't, I kind of even get that. I just sort of took it as she was in the zone, but I guess that's something that tennis players like need complete silence. Yeah, I think there's a, I don't watch a lot of professional tennis, but my sense is that tennis, like golf, has some people who are minding the mm-hmm. amount of audience noise. I see. I didn't even quiet, get please. that. But and either, she's so humorless but about it. But she was so humorous. Yeah. Quiet, please like immediately so and then just start but then just starts doing the most silly thing you can imagine which is trying to kill tiny gnats with a racket it's with holes so in it it's really that was a funny thing so here we are um we see uh, a couple of guys on uh they're hanging around a boat that's on a trailer outside of a home obviously we got termites well the first thing is you gotta know what they're biting on Whoa. yeah this aged birch wood is perfect for the big ones this time of year oh they Wait. gobble it up like a candy cast nice. a piece of wood what? I told you to hire a pro. I did get a pro. An Orkin pro. 
I got this. Got termites? You, oh, sorry. I know we have a little tag here at the end. Of experience, nobody's better. Orkin, the best in pests. You're still paying me for this. Nope. Just relax. <laughs> <laughs> Just relax. They're pretty good. And you do get the impression that they're real people from their industries, and all three of them do a good performance. Wonderful performance from the from the um, wrongly hired professionals. And I love each each spouse who says they have the same line, which is, an Orkin pro. Yeah, they're but, all good. But you know what but I they, did notice? But they put different inflections on it, different uh, levels of peak. I will say that, and this is a very subtle thing, they do a good job with um, mixing up the various gender roles in this and, and their diverse casting. But when the man is shaking his head or rolling his eyes at the woman's foolishness, it lands a little bit better with me just because you and I have talked about this before. We've been talking about it since I think our second episode. That sort of like women are so angry at their stupid husbands for not getting it. And this commercial clearly, I mean, this campaign clearly covers it from a bunch of different angles. Like, it's fine. I'm not saying it's problematic. You are canceled. I'm just saying. <laughs> Sorry, Orkin. Like, I know you tried your best, but nevertheless, you have been canceled. <laughs> you, I have canceled you. But for the record, like it does maybe just because we've seen the trope of dumb baby husband. Yeah. who's frustrating to the wife we've seen that so much that it was maybe refreshing in a way that I didn't even realize in the first commercial that the guy was looking at his wife who seems otherwise totally put together and yeah, a totally normal but she's person done this like, dumbass just like, thing why did yeah. you bring a dancer in here you know you know I I think taken in in totality it just doesn't none of it bothers me like mm. I love the mix and match quality of of the performances it feels to me as if you could kind of swap out any of the any member of the couple into any any mm-hmm. one of these situations yep. and it wouldn't really disturb the narrative and i just yeah. think it's i think it's really well conceived and it's it's simply produced it's it's as good as but no better than your average geico ad mm-hmm. in terms of production values but it's just it's a really uh fun way thing and as you say like they are solving a problem which is that they have a legacy they have their brand has a legacy of this very memorable uh, tagline that really is out of date. Yeah, and and now they're creating a kind of a new memory, a new um, pathway for the old synapses. Um, okay, so this next commercial has caught my interest here. I haven't watched it yet, but I see it's for a product that a lot of people I know swear by. Yeah, although I, it is a big machine. I wouldn't be mad if you wanted to try this, but I know too you're, big for you're in charge of the of the cat litter situation. This is actually an ad I see all the time because um, on my French on my Duolingo app. Um, I will obviously not be paying for that, so I have to watch a lot of ads mm. for it. Um, and this is for litter, and I see this litter robot ad a lot. And the premise here... Oh, I see, because it's your French app, and this is something that cats can wee-wee in. <laughs> exactly. Do you want to finish the show or just end it on the high <laughs> I note? I think it just ended on a high <laughs> note, yeah. <laughs> um, I actually did start out today trying to think about a show based on wordplay, and it was a little... Uh, it just. We, it's too similar, frankly, to a lot of shows we've done yeah, in the past. We like wordplay. Uh, but I do love wordplay. Um, so in this one, um, we have another couple, another kind of like domestic scene. The woman is unboxing some, as you say, fairly large piece of machinery for their home. And she's explaining to her husband that it's a smart device for the cat litter. But the husband doesn't, he overestimates just how smart this litter robot really is. What's that? Litter Robot. It's a smart litter box that does the scooping for us. Smart, huh? Hey, Litter Robot. Set the temperature to 70 degrees. Hey, Litter Robot. (laughs) 
turn on the lights. He looks so smug He's after so he smug, says that. Yeah. Version of that. Change the temperature. And we get a we get great degrees. side eye from his wife, who is, by the way, not that this is relevant to the commercial. One of the most beautiful women <laughs> I've seen in commercials lately. Honey. Hey, litter robot. Hey, sweetie. Stop asking the litter box to do stuff. <laughs> it's a self-cleaning litter box that does the scooping for us. Say hey to litter robot and goodbye to scooping. A smart appliance that helps without asking. That's a pretty good premise. I like it, right? Yeah, very much so. And he does he does a really nice job with looking so smug, like I said before. Well, he's like he's like, I got this. Yes. And and his his like his like I have an idea light bulb uh -huh. light bulb yeah, goes yeah. off over his head. Like there's no literal light bulb, yeah. but there might as well be because he he like really projects to the cheap seats like light bulb moment yeah yeah i really enjoy it and it's got that like um that slightly you know not for broadcast but for internet commercial uh, yeah, production quality bit, too yeah. and not that it's badly made but just it's like a little over little overacted in that mm -hmm. in that internet-y way that i feel like we've come to expect the little bell sound which yeah. can fill in for a wink or a light bulb or ding yeah, it, I mean, I, if I had the the time and energy and and even really the the production vocabulary, I think it would be fun to look at how do how why and how do these internet based ads how do they signify or how are we able to tell which which is which or like maybe give you a quiz like is this internet or is this TV? That would be a great quiz. It would be hard if you could find ones that are exclusively exclusive. one or the other. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Although I have never seen this. Exclusivity has always been an issue with you and our relationship. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Well, speaking of smart devices, let's go talk. Let's go look at a Michelob Ultra. <laughs> a beer commercial. A beer commercial. Speaking of intelligence, let's well, go to a beer commercial. This is about um, the the confusion that might arise from uh, if you had three smart speakers uh, all sort of translating what they're hearing from each other, kind of like a game of telephone. So all we see is a counter. And in the background, kind of out of focus, I think it's like a bar scene or something. But we have three smart speakers and they're none of them are like specific speakers that you would recognize, but they all kind of evoke like yeah, an like Alexa the, or, or whatever. The, yeah, and it's not called that. That's what triggers That's it. That's what triggers it. It's called an sorry. echo. You can say echo oh, and it doesn't it, trigger it. Well, they're all yeah. shaped. They're all they're clearly smart speakers, but not like specific ones. Yeah. They're just like generic smart speakers. And one starts uh, saying something, some kind of generic request that that a speaker would get and the others start then responding to that like a game of telephone reminder you have a rug i heard rug a rug typically does not extend over an entire floor flour is most commonly used in making bread brad would you like me to call brad calling brad calling brett calling brenda hello 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 there's enough artificial in the world nicolo Baltra. No artificial colors or flavors. Superior light beer. I heard rug. I, uh, that's a funny <laughs> button like, at the end. I heard rug. That would be a good drop. Um, I remember this commercial well. I think we might have even mentioned it on oh, the really? show before. Oh, really? I don't yeah, remember I think it. So, yeah. no. um, My apologies. I could be wrong. I mean, maybe it's not come up on the show. I mean, I, I think it's okay to revisit a commercial once every few years or so. But <laughs> um, 
but it, no but no more it than is, that. It is a little confusing because you're you're looking at these three smart speakers and they're in a setting that you don't expect them to be in. Like, why is there the murmur of all these people yeah, drinking? Yeah, they just go out well, drinking? Yeah, just kind of like a nice, well-lit, kind of happy hour-ish looking uh, kind of bar in the yeah. background. But then it makes sense at the end because then the camera kind of moves over, pushes the pushes the devices out of frame they're and then just, you see them exactly they're put just down a foil some, yeah some beer and a nice uh, frosty mug and you see the rest of the bar room although i kind of like the idea that maybe these speakers just like took the, went out for a happy hour together that'd be funny if they had little beers <laughs> little tiny little beers. schooners yeah um all right so let's go to um this i think is the ad that we talked about that you were saying yeah. you're excited to hear uh hear about um that had the the shit like this drop this is for a, um, I guess, non-prescription hearing aid called Eargo, um, sort of a new technology. Yeah, it's kind of a good, I feel like you'd be into that name, Eargo. Yeah. Yeah. I have no problem with Play it. On I, words. I'm honestly fascinated by the technology because hearing aids all of my life have been these fairly bulky, um, you know, uh, something you, you, know, you could only get. I don't know. Like I say, I don't know if you have to have this prescribed to you, but it's... It's always been something that's very medicalized, I guess I would say, about your like um, hearing aids, and and also you know sold kind of at the same time like term life insurance is being mm-hmm. sold and like very you know putty colored mm-hmm. and nothing that you would like if you if you have to have one it would be like yeah you know I it's like a an a, a disability you know mm-hmm. a device for disability and of course that is what any hearing aid is just like any other um mobility or or device or helpful devices but there's something that was sort of like non not appealing about it i guess and i think the marketing for eargo is really trying to counteract that by making it more like just something that you you get like you get any other little accessory mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um but the, I the, think earbuds have probably gone a long way in kind of changing the stigma, or earbuds specifically, and probably changing some of the stigma around uh, hearing aids or hearing devices like that because um, y- you can make them look like that yeah. now. And we all walk around with something yeah, stuck in our ear, exactly. exactly. Um, but the premise of this one is very fun, and I wish they'd done more of them. I went, I went looking for them. I could only find this one that uses this premise. More, m- the rest of them are mostly like highlighting specific features how small it is or um how it can handle different kinds of ambient noise based on the settings etc um but this one's very fun because it just kind of deals with the the need that you might have for something to augment your hearing which is that you're mishearing a lot of things that people say so the the we start with three separate three examples of this one guy who's kind of working out in the yard um and each time he mishears what somebody's saying, and then we get a little clip, like a little a little vignette of him doing the crazy thing that mm-hmm. he just heard, he thought he heard the person say. And then the person comes back and, and you hear it again, what they actually said. So the first one is the example that we heard at the beginning of the show, the oft-mentioned at this point, um, you know, slaughter the tomatoes with, with a, a nun. nun. And, and that's his wife yelling that, like, kind of out the window to him while he's puttering around in the yard. Then you see him do that, and it's horrific. He's, like, slaughtering a bunch of tomatoes. <laughs> they almost are like guts with the, the yeah. red juice flying up. And there's a nun standing over his shoulder. And then she repeats or we see her what she actually said. I think the second example is the mailman comes into the yard and tells him to do something. And we Mm -hmm. kind of explain it as it goes along. 
Honey, remember to slaughter the tomatoes with the nun. In that vignette, which I think is kind of funny, the wife is also out there. <laughs> like, she's not slaughtering tomatoes. She's not, he's holding like a, is it a, a scythe? Or scythe. A scythe or something like that. She's just sort of making the motion with her hands, flinging them from side <laughs> to side, going, ah, ah, while a nun watches on for some reason. I think it's actually very interestingly directed. I don't know if that's, don't you think that's kind of a straight, a straight, like to put the wife in the fantasy as well? Just well, she to, did tell him to do it. Yeah, that's kind of funny. And then here, we'll hear what she actually said after, uh, after he gets done slaughtering tomatoes. Remember to water the tomatoes when you're done. Sometimes hearing isn't easy. Lick a carp. He's a, and he hears the mail. His hears the mail carrier say, "Lick a carp." So now we see him licking a raw fish, which is looking gross. sharp. Looking sharp. But now there's a simple way to enhance it because now there's EarGo Plus, the virtually invisible hearing aid with amazing sound quality, designed with patented flexi fibers, so they're suspended completely inside the ear canal. And so small that they're virtually. So this invisible. is just a lot of like just you know features and and diagrams showing how the how the uh, little device works. Mm-hmm. Sauerkraut the slumlord. Watch out for the skateboard. Oh, that was rough. Call or go online now for a free sauerkraut the slumlord. Watch out for the skateboard. It should be. It should rhyme with skateboard. It can't. It shouldn't be um um or. It should be. Eight or as yeah. far as the rhyme is concerned. You're right. Well, we can should... we come up with something better here? Um, uh, what was it? Sauerkraut, sauerkraut the... the slumlord for watch out for the skateboard. Sauerkraut, fine. Watch out, sauerkraut. Um, well, this is probably where they ran into problems in the room. <laughs> well, they were, were doing it under pressure. Yeah. Um, if you've got ideas for how that could be rewritten, uh, send them Good our call. way. I'll keep thinking. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I like that one, and I like the I like the use case that they're putting forward, and it's you know it's not the the most high high production value ad in the world, but they do a nice job, I think, with the little clip for the sauerkraut, the slumlord. Maybe all they had was the footage that they have, which is they show a like a a scoop full of sauerkraut landing on a grumpy looking a, a guy's grumpy head. looking guy's yeah. head. Yeah. <laughs> um. Tabor, sauerkraut, the Tabor. What's a Tabor? Isn't that somebody's name? Well, I feel like that's not, you know. Who am I thinking of? The guy from Arrested Development, isn't he a Tabor? Tambor. Tambor. Okay, we're getting further away yeah. from this. Maybe we should just concentrate on the show. Now I understand why you're not in the room for these discussions. <laughs> but I, but I can judge them from afar. <laughs> um. So this next one is for Progressive, and it's another uh, one grounded in the idea of mishearing things and kind of responding uh, to the thing that you misheard with a, what seems like a non sequitur. So mm-hmm. we've got uh, two two motorcyclists, I think a man and a woman, uh, on the open road somewhere, and Flo rolls up uh, on her mm, own motor- motorcycle. Of course, she's fully decked out in the white uniform and the white white motorcycle and she's trying to have a conversation with the with the dude on the motorcycle hey you know progressive is america's number one motorcycle insurer yeah she does Pearl. best bike on the road no you're never alone because our claims reps are available 24 7 we even cover accessories and custom parts we did get an early start took the kids to soccer practice you want me to jump that cactus all right so she peels off. She says, "You want me to? Do you want me to jump that cactus?" Awesome. 
Should I go back a little bit? Do we talk over the? Yeah, there's uh, one the more. There's one more joke at the end. Okay, so she says, "You wanted me to jump over that cactus." Okay, let's see here. Jump the kids to soccer practice. You want me to jump that cactus? All right. <laughs> I don't see a possum. <laughs> so the the other motorcyclist says that lady's awesome, and he says I don't see a possum. That's good. Yeah. So you know, uh, mis- misunderstandings and mishearings. Flo is always welcome in our house. I hope so. Mm-hmm. I hope she is always welcome in our house. Um, okay, one more that is sort of in the vein of mishearing things, but it's more like a who's on first gag. This is for a brand of shoes called Hey Dude. And I will have to tell you, when I saw that there was a commercial for Hey Dude, I really thought it was the Nickelodeon show, and I was very excited. Is this, like, similar to the man pants and man shorts commercial we were talking about a few days ago? Like, I feel like Hey Dude shoes rings a bell to me. And I feel like it's part of, like, the, the not the new economy. But, like, what what were those pants? We we talked about a, some pants that were for sale. They had a terrible, terrible commercial. But the, the origins of the pants were they were heavily marketed by podcasting dudes. Yes. They, it was very bro-y. And I thought it was so hilarious because – and I don't remember the name of the brand. But I thought it was hilarious that the that it was – the whole premise of the thing was, like – Oh, uh, we finally invented pants that look good on doughy dad bods or whatever. And it's like, no, you didn't. Um, They still look terrible. And then for some reason, we had Pinocchio trying to like jam a pair of pants on a weightlifter. Bird dogs, they were called. Okay, that was a really weird tangent for me. I don't know why I was equating hey dude shoes with bird dog pants. I mean, it feels like it's it's born of the same impulse to market (laughs) to um, a particular kind of white dude, Mm -hmm, basically. mm -hmm. Um, So we have, it's a very simple ad. We've got um, a man and a woman uh, sitting in their... Uh, patio or wherever they are and their friend walks up and the man says that he likes the guy's shoes and where are they from? Dude, those shoes look comfy. What are those? Hey, dude. Yes, hi. What shoes are you wearing? Hey, dude. What shoes are those? Hey, dude. Hey, dude. What are your shoes? Babe, they're hey, dude shoes and everyone has them. Oh. They're called hey, dude. Cool. I see. It's a real who's on first. As I said, yeah. What you eating, nut and honey. Nut and honey. Um, yes. Uh, the the funniest, that's a very, like, as you say, I think it does kind of, uh, it's not that surprising that you would be reminded of the bird dog pants ad because the act, the quality of the mm-hmm. acting and the writing and production is about the same. Um, the guy who's doing the, no, I want to know where your shoes are from part of the bit is... He is stepping all over everybody else's lines. Hmm. He's a terrible actor. He can't. He just has no chill, and it's communicated so much in his performance. He's kind of like uh, I actually kind of like the guy with the shoes. Yeah, he's. Oh, oh, that's right. You're talking. Okay, the guy with the shoes is like kind of playing an Otto esque character yeah. from The Simpsons, mixed with. He does look like a human Otto. He's like a human Otto with a little bit of uh, what's his butt. You know, the drummer for for Nirvana who went on to start his own. Dave very, Grohl. Dave Grohl. God, exactly. look at me knowing things. And what is Dave Grohl's band? Why, Foo like, Fighters? Foo Fighters, yes. I feel like. I feel like calling him the drummer from Nirvana misses the, kind of misses the target these days. It's probably not what he, how he would describe himself, yeah. That is actually interesting. I mean, again, not to put anybody in the grave too soon. 
He's more like, he's like, I'm the Canadian whiskey spokesman. <laughs> we often talk about like, we'll sort of say like first line of an obit, right? Yeah. First line of his obit is Foo Fighters. I think it's man gotta be. And Nirvana drummer is second. Like that's, yeah. that's interesting. I always. Foo Fighters is huge. Foo Fighters are huge. Yeah. And yeah. Anyway. Uh, glad I could add that content to the show. Yeah. Um, okay. If you haven't heard of Foo Fighters, you should hear of that, about them because they are extremely famous. They are. And <laughs> believe it or not, the drummer from Nirvana <laughs> is the front man, but he doesn't always drum. <laughs> Uh, this is why we have a hit music podcast yeah. where we name extremely common things about music that everyone knows. Okay. Uh, we have a couple more ads here. What is this next one? Um, okay. These next two, and these are the last two we'll talk two. about that are misunderstandings, are in the category of like um, circumstantial misunderstandings, things, situations in life that lead to misunderstandings. So HSBC... Um, is a bank, a British bank, um, and I think like a corporate bank kind of thing. Um, although they probably are like also a consumer bank. I don't really know. Um, they did just uh, probably now 10, 10 to 20 years ago, they did a absolute boatload of ads about um, international etiquette issues and these are like funny situations that emerge from cultural misunderstandings. So there's like, you know, in in Germany, um, people care for their cars very, uh, very carefully. But in, and so we see a German guy parking his Mercedes and he like light the lightest of kisses to the bumper of the car in front of him. And he like leaves a little note and then they show and then they're like, in France, they're more laissez-faire. And then they show a pretty... Oh, you used a French word. Exactly. They show a sloppy Frenchman. It's like... Uh, I gotta say, do they delve into some uncomfortable territory? Well, we're gonna get to it. But yes, they do. They get they do get into some... I would say they some of these ads cross the line of cultural depiction into cultural stereotype. Mm-hmm. But... Just lightly, it's a little bit on. It's on the on the bubble. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they they show so in this one I'm describing. It's just a little light racism. They show a Frenchman getting into the car behind this Mercedes and then uh. just like banging his way out of this parallel parking space by hitting the car in front and behind him uh, several times. Um, so it's a lot of things like that. It's like in 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 uh, Great Britain we value our personal space, but then they show a a British guy getting like having a lot of Mexican people up in his grill trying Ooh, to like huh. engage with him because to them that's that's like the norm mm-hmm. the, the cultural norm so like I say like it's it delves into and there are just so many of these ads and they take place in all kinds of walks of life you know business meetings elevator conduct eating you know uh, eating etiquette uh, all, all the ways in which we like engage with the world and how uh like in Thailand, maybe it's not Thailand, in some Asian countries, very rude to the bottom of your feet. But in other countries, it's not a big deal. Things like that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them are just sort of like people doing things that are rude or disrespectful in one culture that are not, that are not rude or disrespectful in their own culture, but are in another culture. But this one like is actually specifically a misunderstanding um, and we're gonna let's let's talk through it and just let people hear it and understand what's happening. Then we'll talk about whether or not this crosses into a sort of a um, an orientalizing uh, and maybe like sort of stereotyping about weird Asian foods or weird Chinese foods. 
So play it now or you're going to set it up? I'll set it up. We have a, a, I believe, a British businessman. He's white. Um, I'm pretty sure he's identified as British. Sitting at a table in China with a bunch of other, with a bunch of Chinese business people, I think all men. Um, and they're all sitting down to dinner or a meal anyway um, around this table. And they're being served by some kind of servers or a restaurant or something. And the thing that the man, the British man, uh, finds in his bowl is like, I guess, supposed to be gross. It's like some mm-hmm. kind of eel-like uh, animal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's dead, obviously, but you know, it's like in a, a flo- it's some sort of small eel or pieces of eel floating in a in a soup or in a in a broth. Uh, and I think they're from there. The uh, he and so he, in, in an effort to be polite to his hosts, um, he finishes. Uh, what's in his bowl, even though he's clearly revolted by it. Okay, so it's a live eel. If you said that, I'd missed that part. They show him the live eel first. Yeah. Oh, in a bag, in a bag of water. Now it comes out cooked. I guess I got... So everybody starts eating. Our British businessman is eating it. Oh, yeah. Not not happily. Mm. They seem to be eating something different. The English believe it's a slur on your host's food if you don't clear your plate. By the end, he actually even picks up the bowl, puts it up to his lips, and drinks whatever juice is left in there. Presumably not because he wants to, but because the English believe it's a slur on your host if you don't clean your plate. Whereas the Chinese feel you're questioning their generosity if you do. So they bring him out an even bigger eel. At HSBC, we never underestimate the importance of local knowledge. So he eats Which the even bigger eel. Local banks staffed by local people in over 80 countries oh, across the globe. Finishes his plate again. A huge plate. And now they bring him out an eel that is like the size of a boa constrictor. It's so big that you you just see a bag that is like kind of wrestling around and attacking. Yes. I don't quite understand the premise that... So the the premise here is that I don't know if they said Japan or an Asian China. culture or in China, um, they said that you're supposed to leave food on your plate. They don't make that clear to it's, me. And is that true? Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's true. And I agree. That it's like a little confusing, but it might just be a Westerner's confusion. Mm-hmm. But the according to the voiceover in China, it's considered rude. And I would be, by the way, fascinated to know from anybody in our audience if there's any truth to this idea that there's that it's more polite to leave a little bit of food on the plate because if you were to finish it it is to imply that you weren't served enough right that you were let you were left hungry so quick google search and this takes which, me to some which is very bad news for me at every chinese restaurant that i've ever been to <laughs> yeah i'm not saying that this is that this that this is true but it is something that is passed around because a quick google search takes me to some linkedin article uh, interestingly enough, that says uh, 10 most fascinating food etiquette rules around the world. Always leave food on your plate in China. Finishing your plate when dining at someone's home suggests that the food wasn't filling enough. There was something about the way that was translated in this commercial that I didn't quite um, understand what the what, what the offense was um, to, to, to the Chinese diners and, and the people serving them. Maybe it's but, because I saw it several times in prep for the show, but it, to me it was clear what they were saying was that if you finish your plate, you're implying that you were mm. not served enough food because if you had been served enough food, you would have been full at some point 
prior to finishing the whole plate. I think that the, I grew up in like a culture that's like the clean plate club is a, is a gesture of respect. I grew up in the culture where you're supposed to fart when you're done and that's how they know it was good. Right. That's not true at all. We weren't even allowed to say the F word growing up. And the <laughs> F word was fart. I'm not joking. Yeah. Um, My parents would still rather hear me say fuck than fart, I think. <laughs> and now they've heard me. Now my mom's heard me say both. Um, I'm going to make so many jokes, but now I'm very self-conscious about your mom listening. So I'm going to move on. Um, but um, I think that maybe if they could have just shown one person putting their chopstick down on their plate with a little few morsels left in there. Or something, right. Kind of show could... the, the correct way of doing yeah. it. I think that you're right. It would have it would have maybe cleared it up a little bit um but what i'm more interested in is whether you think that the sort of like the 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 sort of grossness of the food that's Mm -hmm. being served to him is disrespectful or caricaturizing think about i mean the truth is it you know in I think a lot of Asian cultures, there are a lot of foods that I wouldn't eat that are, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Or Even that like seem the, very unfamiliar and a little, you know, intimid- intimidating Yeah, to like me. remember when pho was new to me, and it, it, this is before we moved out here to the West Coast, but even in, in like, we found a place in... Um, in New Hampshire of all places. And I grew up, you know, kind of sheltered from that kind of culture. And also then we were in New Hampshire. There's not like tons of Vietnamese restaurants, but um, before I kind of realized it was a whole thing, we just found this restaurant that we loved in Manchester and we'd go down there and I'd get these great big bowls of pho. And then I think maybe my second or third time, I'm like, well, I'll take the one with everything. Right. Right. And I got the one with everything. And there was stuff in there that had tripe in it and stuff that like looked kind of like squiggly. And I didn't really like, I didn't like the texture and I don't order that today. Would I and and so that's fine to say like hey listen if I were to take a trip to China we'd probably know that there might be some interesting culinary things that might challenge me a bit now yeah. I'm especially a picky eater but I do think that it's fair to acknowledge that there are cultural differences and there are things that certain cultures eat that would seem icky to to my and vice versa no yeah, doubt and vice versa yeah. I'm sure having said that if I'm a, you know, if I'm a white person making a commercial, I'm not going here. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't seem, it, does, it doesn't, and again, this is probably, I see this was posted like about a decade ago or whatever. So I think so the like, ju- it's not that I'm with you. Like, there are plenty of foods in every culture, and I would add my own American culture where I'm like, gross. I don't want to eat that. Yeah. Um, what do you think are some of the foods that are kind of standard American fare that would seem gross? Other than just like kind of the the dig on American culture. Highly is like, processed. Is, yeah, that's highly processed and also just sort of like, um, I was going to say slothful. That's not what I mean, but just like um, gorging too much or like overeating or whatever is yeah. something that I'm sort of conscious of. But like, but is there a food that somebody from another culture would be like, oh, wow, that's so far. Like, that's well, so there are plenty far of cultures out of that my... don't eat pork. Yeah, uh, for whom pork. that would be really vile. Yeah, really vile. And I also that, wonder maybe for some... whom beef would be, you know, kind of a, a gross thing that you don't like. Mm-hmm. There are, you know, yeah, that's true. Even even people who don't practice, uh, I believe it's Hinduism that doesn't eat beef. My understanding, and again, this is like from people I've talked to, not from personal experience, is that India is just so heavily not a beef eating culture that the it's like dog for us, right? Mm-hmm. Like we don't eat it. And I'm sure many people 
you know, it's it's just like it's not done. Like yeah. we don't serve. It's not a commercial food, or even just meat in general. Or for meat some, in general, for some, yeah. Some cultures, Probably, you know, yeah, India just mostly. like look down yeah, and very... just be like, oh my god, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah like it would give like, but what like not just like I wouldn't here? like it, but that it would actually turn one's stomach if you were to do, if you were to recast that and put a plate in front of somebody that they'd be so uncomfortable yeah. at an at American dinner table that they'd feel like almost retching or something. It would yeah, be that yeah. right. And I mean, like a horse is another example. Plenty of cultures eat horse we mm-hmm. don't think of them as a food animal but it's not mm-hmm. because they're intrinsically not a food animal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um sorry i know this... I, I guess totino's I pizza rolls would be the <laughs> only kind of universal food right everybody that can all agree cultures embrace everybody can agree that totino's pizza rolls are both delicious and not to be ingested as food and they sponsor some great podcasts <clears throat> oh really hello we're here Hello, we're here. Didn't didn't your boys, uh, oh, my maybe... brother, my brother, and me? Didn't they sponsor? Yes, they they, they they had that great Totino's crossover. Like that was like the the high watermark of kind of SponCon. Right? I thought it was so great. Yeah, yeah. I thought you, you were you were clearing your throat. Like I thought maybe TBTL had arranged. No, something. I was sort of inviting the Totino's pizza to come to us. Oh, there. Yeah, Totino's. If you're listening, um, we're available for SponCon. I already gave you a freebie. Um, so yeah, so anyway, I just thought that was sort of an interesting one. And there are count, there are just dozens of these HSBC ads about cultural mm. uh, differences. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't touch. I wouldn't one. touch any of those. And again, it's it's not it's not like oh, you're operating from fear, so you can't do anything anymore. It's so like well, there's just a million different ideas and approaches you can take to getting a message across. And yeah, that's one that would seem a little fraught to me in this day and age that I I certainly wouldn't touch. And, and these if are I old did touch too. it, I would make sure that I had a very diverse writing room. Yeah, I would too. And I, I also don't know that they would get made today because they're pretty would. old. I don't think you would. Okay, so one more left in this segment, I think. This one is very fun and funny. Um, similar to HSBC, AmeriQuest, um, which I believe is an insurance company, um, uh, did a whole campaign around situations that, and it's kind of a Geico-esque, and it's like set up a joke that's not relevant to their product, but just like set up a joke premise. Mm-hmm. But they did a lot of ads where something happens, some set of circumstances arises in which someone sees something that looks very bad for the person that they're observing. But it's we, the audience, have seen all the actions that led up to that scene. And we understand oh. it's innocent. But it if you catch it in that one moment, if you if you if you catch it without any of the context, it looks extremely damning. Mm-hmm. And some of them are very funny. Like there's one that I I feel like we might have even talked about where a guy is preparing for a date. He's very, very excited for his date. He's doing a lot of work for it. He's like cooking, making homemade tomato sauce, setting out candles, you know, really going the whole nine yards for this date. And then his date walks in the door and he's just spilled tomato sauce and he's holding the cat up and a knife in the other hand. And it looks like he's, you know, stabbing the cat over this, you know, over the kitchen floor because the cat knocks over the tomato sauce. He grabs the cat. Yeah. And he happens to be holding a knife in the other hand. But like all of it leads up to this like moment that she sees completely out of context and it's horrifying. And their their slogan is don't judge too quickly. We don't. This reminds me of I was trying to think and this is worthless for me to say. So I'll say it, I guess, like everything. But um I was trying to think like there's a there's something that I've seen a bunch that's not maybe super famous but kind of iconic sort of in in my head of somebody cleaning their pants of a guy cleaning his pants like he spilled something on and it looks like he's doing something dirty when people walk in and I think it is um 
I think it is party down. <laughs> oh yeah. Is, yeah. is there a famous Ron? Yeah, he's scene he's trying to get a he, he's, he's trying to get a stain out of his pants. But it and looks like walks. he's masturbating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. By so the way, I misspoke. Like I, I call them an insurance company. They're a, they are a subprime mortgage company. No. Oh. <laughs> and so I think their premise: we don't judge you. Like we take the whole thing into in, mm. into a consideration. Is like founded on this idea that like yeah, your credit rating might be really shit, but you know we'll we'll take a second look at you. What could possibly go wrong? Right. Exactly. Could there be a melt a crisis uh, in the whole economy? I don't yeah, think I'm so. Sure it's fine. We're too big to fail. So let me just set this one up because I think you're going to need a little a little uh, premise here. Um, we have four or five uh, teenage girls in a car, uh, and the dad the dad of one girl is driving, and they are like this is like they're going to some concert like a Taylor Swift style concert. You know, it's clearly some uh, pop female pop star that they're obsessed with they're singing her songs and they're so excited and they're just like really cute and the dad's driving them he's rolling his eyes a little bit at their like singing singing all the songs but he's being a good dad and the the girl in the front says hey dad pull over i want to get some gum so he he pulls over to a convenience store and they're all dressed for the concert of course so they're wearing like mini skirts and cute crop tops and everything and then a cop pulls up behind the car just in time to see the daughter lean back into the car window to get some money from her dad to buy the gum. Oh, no. But it really creates a different image from the cop's point of view. It looks like maybe maybe he's paying for something. Yes. Mm-hmm. All the boys are calling crazy girl. I hope she sings this tonight. I know. Hey, Dad, pull over. We need gum. Oh, honey. Here's some money. What do we got here? <laughs> <laughs> and the dad turns around and he sees the light, the lights of the cop car shining on him as he's holding out, you know, some cash to, to this to a girl in a mini skirt and a puffy coat a leaning puffy coat. leaning exactly. into the window, kind of kicking her leg up. Yeah, and the, and there's something about the shot of the headlights of the cop car. You never see the cop car. You just sort of see he, their you POV. Can just sort of, you see their POV, and there's something about you can hear the crackle of the radio. And mm-hmm. what do we have here? That like I love what they do with sound there without like ever actually showing the cop, but you know immediately what's going on. I think it's a really fun one. That one I have no notes. Speaking of sex, Genevieve, it's that very sex. Oh, oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, guys. <laughs> Take advantage of these. I moments. meant it's that time for Como news. <laughs> oh, oh, Como news. Right, right. We talked. Speaking about of misunderstandings, of <laughs> um, I, uh, I, of course, uh, this is the segment called "With Love from Me to YouTube," where I play you commercials that I found on old VHS tapes found around Seattle. And uh, this is again delving into this tape from uh, Como, which is the I believe ABC affiliate around here. Uh, this is from February of 1995, and um, this is a 30-second promo for an upcoming news feature called Sex in the Northwest. I'm excited that you haven't seen this yet. Also, just like, it's like, I'm just glad that they're tackling the issues that, like, this was like, this is when Sweeps Weeks actually mattered, and I'll bet you a million bucks it was for Sweeps Weeps. Sweeps Weeps, right? Sweeps Weeps. Because, like, there's no news content here. It's just like, kind of like, somehow shoving 
people's feelings about sex it's into a, a news broadcast. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so, the, I mean, I think the promo does most of the work here, but or the voiceover does. Uh, you can imagine it's a lot of like people on the street talking to microphones as like some. Am I, I'm, I'm going to don't show me this yet. Mm-hmm. I have not seen it. Are there any scenes of um, sexy women from the neck down walking away from the camera? Uh, implying sex workers or just, or just kind of like a sexy sex, time, like Belltown Babes walking away. Just Belltown of... Babes walking away. Yeah, yeah. I love that song, oh, man. Belltown Babes. That is a good song. Parenthetically walking away. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, well, one thing that I do think is interesting is very 90s. It's, again, they're like kind of doing this like, oh, it's the Northwest Sex Survey, right? right. Oh, sort that's of talking the Talking to peg. people on the, on, the, on the street. But they talk to like, I think, you know, one white woman and then they... Then they get a quote from a black woman, and they decide to remix that one in the hip hop style no, of the nineties. Oh yeah, they don't. This oh, is Como Baby. No. Sex in the Northwest. Does it start with a question? Is it about love? For me, I enjoy it more if I'm in love. Is it about fun? My husband a lot. <laughs> Who's fooling around? It's mostly that's all they thinking about, thinking about, thinking about, and that's all they want, and that's all they want, and that's all they want. Go behind closed doors and undercovers when we look at the answers to the Northwest Sex Survey. What your neighbors are really doing tonight What's on Como News 4 at 5 in the So much tonight. cringe. Oh I, my God, I, that I, is... I literally why was kind there of a go- man jumping over a fence? I don't know. They what also, was that even related to? They only to? talk to women about this of laughing course. on the street. Then they show a man, they say, what are your neighbors up to? And they show a man jumping over a white picket fence as if it's, this is like a neighbor probably going like he's a backdoor man kind of implication here. Oh my God. Of. Listeners, let me encourage you to click on this link because it is just hilarious. And I also, and then and yes, they only hear from women, but they, then they show like a man dancing around in his apartment for some reason, kind of sexily, but also like just sort mostly of mostly just embarrassing, sort of dad body e, right? He's shaking his butt, I guess. Maybe those are those are two of, different men. All of dancing these images for some are seem totally disconnected to each other, and also the topic at hand to me. It and and also like I know that. Um, you know, usually time is at a premium or space and, you know, like for a, a 30 second promo, sure. usually you have to cut stuff out. I want this in there. I want that in there. But like, did they run out of stuff or did they just really want to remix this woman? They, they take like a whole bunch of extra time just to have her repeat herself over and over. Sex in the Northwest. Does it start with a question? Is it about love? For me, I enjoy it more if I'm in love. Is it about fun? My husband a lot of it. What does that woman even say? My husband loves it. My my husband. Go back and let me let's let's it. More if I'm in love. Is it about fun? My husband will love it. My my husband will love this. My husband will love this. I think she's just kind of laughing. That she's talking about sex. Oh look at me! I'm on the sidewalk into the space, and you'll talk about. Can I please tell me that later in the tape that you recorded this from, or that you pulled this from, you actually saw? No, I think this was coming up later. That. Oh my god! I want to watch this report. More this than was I've a, ever wanted to watch anything in my life. This was a morning news thing, and I think at the end oh, it says it's coming it. up at 6 and 11. More if I'm in love. Is it about fun? My husband a lot. 
who's fooling around? Because mostly that's all they're thinking about, thinking about, thinking about, and that's all they want, and that's all they want, and that's all they want. They put so much effort into remixing her. You're right, like, could they just have it not have anything to put in this? We go under the covers. They do a they do a slow-mo of a bed of a bed coverlet being yeah. like fluffed. It begins with like a shot of the space needle from underneath the space needle, uh, but then it kind of pans back. Or no, Sometimes the space out. needle is just a space but needle. But then they answer. show like two people kissing under the space needle that was clearly staged and they put a heart around it. There's a million amazing things about it. Now, this is, we'll, we'll put this in this segment as well. Have you ever, have we talked about this Russell athletic no. commercial on the show? No. This I, is one that I pulled a while back and posted to the YouTube Yes, page. and I put it in with love for me to YouTube because... Uh, I saw that uh, California Man 4000 had a fun comment on it. Okay, let's talk about the commercial first yeah. and then share the comment. Sure. So I haven't seen this in a really long time. I take it you watched this commercial yes. today. So we have a bunch of, these are athletes, like a, a bunch of football players they or something. They seem like in football players. Somewhere. They're huge men. They're clearly athletes. They've, they're, they're going to bed in some kind of dorm. I would guess, I would guess like... Although they seem way too old to be in college, so they're but they're well, some, they could be professional. Yeah, I guess NFL you have to players be like dormed up when you're whatever, when you're in spring yeah. training. Spring training. I mean, what do they call it in football? They don't call it spring training in football. I don't they know. call it training camp. Training camp. So anyway, they seem like football players because they're big men. They are in what is clearly a dorm. They're like all in bunk beds and everything. Their coach um, kind of gives them a little like you know tough love speech before he says lights out where he's gonna like he says i'm gonna kick your butts tomorrow a or little something. what for is that what he's giving i guess a he gives him a little what for yeah and they're the these dudes are just like we're hungry coach um but he's like go to bed mm-hmm. and they're like of course they're hungry they're like all they're like 250 a piece and like they co- probably need to eat constantly or they'll faint I mean, these guys are more than 250 yeah these um, guys are like 350, 350. yeah yes. they're big men they need a lot of food so he locks, or he, you know, doesn't lock them in. Although, I, although I guess he he somehow shuts the door on them, and then they decide that they want to like sneak out for pizza or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they tie all of their Russell athletic gear, like their sweatshirts and mm-hmm. sweatpants and stuff, together, and they make a rope. Yeah, uh, throw it out the window. And throw it out the window. To sneak out, and it can support allegedly their the weight of all these men climbing down the rope. Thousands of pounds Thousands of man meat. Pounds of man meat climbing down the rope. Um, and, but before, just as they get to the bottom, the coach catches them. All right, gentlemen, tomorrow, your butts are mine. Lights up. Ooh, that is good for. Miz, I'm hungry. Russell Athletic Wear is made to handle the toughest situations on and off the field. Hot dogs. French fries. Hamburgers. Tacos. Tacos grande. Pizza. Coach? Going somewhere, ladies. Our work. So then they shimmy back up their rope of because Russell the, Athletic. The coach wear. is at the bottom with his arms folded, yeah. saying, "Going somewhere, ladies." Because it's an it's an insult to call a man a it lady. Always is um, in the nineties, it was fine. It, that is the type of thing that a coach would do. Our, I had a coach that called us ladies, and they um, still do it. But I just don't think you'd put it in a. Well, you probably would. Actually, I don't know. I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't say that. I also. Um, I think that would be. I'm hoping that would be frowned upon in most 
uh, sports programs now um, using the word lady as an insult. But yeah. um, Mike, I had a coach one time who would say, and you know this is because I have a tattoo that says it, uh, blood makes the grass grow. Yes. Is something that one of my coaches I think coaches say. should still be allowed to say that. Is it true that blood makes the grass grow? Yeah. I actually think that's pretty clever too. Um, so anyway, so that's the commercial. I uploaded it. Apparently I didn't, you know, I think it's a fine commercial, but I guess we never talked about it on the show uh, or at least not yet. Uh, I upload a lot of commercials to the uh, website, to the YouTube page. Yeah, there's way more than, than we than talk we about on the show. Talk about. I talk about one out of 20 or something. Um, but the reason this caught your eye was because somebody commented on this recently. And it's not, this isn't a, like, a groundbreaking comment or anything. It just made me laugh. It made me laugh enough to go watch the commercial. Uh-huh. But California Man 4000 says, why can't the coach just let these guys get themselves something to eat? Just saying. But hey, above all, good Russell Athletic guy. I love the earnestness. <laughs> Of YouTube Why commenters. Why can't the coaches let them eat? They're so hungry. I always, I feel like even like a comment like this, is this because California man is. It, California man 4,000. 4,000. Sorry. Put some respect on that number. Um, is he going around for a second? I wondered if I wanted to use it. it he does have man in his title. So I'm going to go with he. Um is he going around leaving just all kinds of comments on all kinds of videos, hoping that we'll then check out his page? Because oh, I like, don't these, know. these kind of corn, I love these sort of like corny, earnest comments that you see. YouTube does not have a certain function that I've often, often, often wished it did. And I think there's a reason they don't have this function. But when somebody comments on something, you can click on their name and it'll take you to whatever profile they've set up for YouTube. And usually the profiles are pretty thin anyway, but you can see their page. What you can't see is a record of all the comments they've listed everywhere. Yeah. So in other words, like I think on Reddit I can do that. So if I see that, like, I don't yeah, know like what if your I want to read all on... your reviews that you left on Amazon, I yes. Can read so all your I read reviews. one because yeah. I liked your review of the Muppets Take Manhattan. So I click on your name. And I, oh, here's all the reviews that Genevieve has sixty nine has left all over, um, all over the web or at least all over that platform. YouTube doesn't let you do that, and I'm. I bet it's probably for harassment purposes, and you know, people maybe. I don't know why. Is it but, like an acknowledgement to themselves and their users that they are a cesspit? I don't know. I mean, the internet's a cesspit. I mean... YouTube especially, though. I guess. Twitter's pretty you, rough. YouTube like, commenters, I think, are famously the worst. I would take a YouTube commenter over Twitter commenters because YouTube also just has cute things like this that, that are like from the mouth of babes, yeah. like California Man 4000. But I do wonder, like... Is is there an end game here? Is California Man Four Thousand leaving comments all over the place um, like this, or is is he just really just kind of like, oh yeah, I, I like this commercial, I'll comment on it, move on, like just share my thoughts. If this is part of a, if this is part of some sort of galaxy brain strategy, I like, I'm not seeing it. Did you do any investigation of California no. Man Four Thousand on YouTube? No, that would be playing right into California California Man Four Thousand's game. Well, I'm going to take a quick look here and see what. Okay, California Man is a San Francisco 49er fan. Okay. Uh, a Golden State Warriors fan. A San Francisco Giants. Where do you fan. think he's from? Uh, I'm guessing California. Maybe the. <laughs> Where is California maybe Man? Maybe the Northern California. <laughs> a area. fan of all of these San Francisco but teams. But a from. fan of the Las Vegas Golden Knights. The San Jose Sharks. Okay, that's north too. Um, let's see here. Uh, Resident Evil fan, Elvis Presley fan, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's the about. Um, and but like nothing, 
no videos to he's share. He's not trying to drive us to his content. Exactly. Just he just wanted he to talk a, about this. Yeah, so I'm into he it. He does I mean, like sports. It could be it, exactly, and I'll bet you that's why it's fed to him. Like I do try to use a lot of tags and 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 use very. Uh, complete descriptions on on things so that like for example like if you're a disney fan you're going to come across like all this right. shit that i'm finding on disney or, or what have you but either way great comment if california man 4000 is listening get at us why can't the coaches let these guys get themselves something to eat it's a true i mean it's a it's a it's an they earnest should, sentiment they should have some protein bars in that dorm dorm room so i for get health. so we don't consider that to be the ad council because we don't know if california man 4000 listens to I, don't, the podcast. I don't think i can call him an ad counselor but we should check in with the ad counselors yes Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words they're saying Only the echoes of my mind Last week on this very podcast, we uh, talked about the old classic Tootsie Pops commercial. Now, people of my generation know it well because they were still playing this commercial in the 80s and 90s. Although I think we said it didn't it start in like the early 70s yes, or something. It was my it was late it had been a lot. Uh, it had been on the air for a long time by the time we were seeing it. And I don't think we need to play it because it's super iconic. Most people know what it is. Unless there's some reason I do need to play it. Genevieve. Actually, would you just play okay. it? Because the, the, the dazzling deets I want to get to here are all about about the voice actors as you'll recall okay. you made me guess wrongly uh who the fox I, voice was wait i was wrong to make you guess i made you guess wrongly no, you made me guess wrongly i didn't make you guess wrongly you you i made wrongly. you guess and you wrongly you made me answered. guess and i wrongly answered but i didn't wrongly ask you no i didn't say you wrongly i properly I said you asked. made me wrongly guess <laughs> okay anyway um <laughs> this is like a split infinitive nightmare uh, it really is right to boldly go um but uh, so, but, but do play it because you made me guess who did the Fox voice. I couldn't guess it, uh, but I did kind of randomly just throw out a cartoon voice from that era, like mm -hmm. someone who, who like a, a cartoon that I guessed Gargamel. Uh, and it turned out it was actually um, the guy who does Boris, Boris yes, yes, from the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. I wouldn't have known that voice actor's name. No, but and yeah, I can't remember yeah. it now, even though we just yeah. talked about it. Um, but and it that's turns the out Fox, the the one who sounds just like he's uh, Peter Lorre. Peter Lorre, yeah. But we have a cow, a fox, a turtle, an owl, and then the little boy who mm -hmm. is uh, inquiring, making all these inquiries, mm -hmm. and basically every single voice actor in this commercial has like some interesting detail about them. So why don't you just go ahead and play it? I will be interested. I do not know what these comments are, but I will be interesting to see what our listeners have said about this boy's voice. The boy's voice because I, when I was looking up some dazzling details of this commercial myself last week, I saw that the person who does the boy's voice is often miscredited as another famous boy actor. Oh, I wonder and if so, I've got the wrong thing And I'm here. wondering if we or our listeners have fallen prey to that. Mr. Cow. Yes? How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? I don't know. I always end up fighting. Ask Mr. Fox, for he's much cleverer than I. Mr. Fox, how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? Why don't you ask Mr. Turtle, for he's been around a lot longer than I. Me? <laughs> I'd bite. Mr. Turtle. How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? Honey, he never made it without biting. Ask Mr. Owl, for he is the wisest of us all. Mr. Owl, 
How many lifts does it take to get to the Tootsie Center of a Tootsie Pop? A good question. Let's find out. One, two, three, three. If there's anything I can't stand, it's a smart owl. How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? Is this supposed to be like smart ass? Is it like if there's anything I can't stand, it's a smart ass? I feel like smart owl must have or been like a like a phrase that just is like has mm. fallen out of favor. But anyway, so you remember I guessed Garg I, and I just said yeah. randomly like I don't know Gargamel, yeah. right? Because I thought like were you right? No, oh, I was. Okay. You were right that it was um uh the Boris Badenoff voice, but and he didn't. Later on, do Gargamel, no, as far as but we know. David posted on the Facebook group saying the Tootsie Pop Fox didn't voice Gargamel, but you know who did? The Tootsie Pop Owl. Oh, no Somebody kidding. else in that commercial was gar- was the Gargamel wow. voice. It was Paul Winchell. Wow. Paul Winchell was not only the voice of both those characters, but also the original Tigger. Oh, okay, yeah, Tigger. Um, and meanwhile, the little boy, this is still David, was voiced by Buddy Foster. You might know Buddy Foster's as the brother of uh, an actor called Jodie Foster. Oh, interesting. Okay, yes. And, and I think by that's the way, been confirmed by, I mean, w- it is, Wikipedia. Yeah, no, it is Buddy Foster. It says uh, on Buddy Foster's Wikipedia page, it says that his role in this commercial is often miscredited to fellow child actor Peter Robbins for some reason. So oh. I don't know why that is. Peter Robbins. Uh, um, oh, he was the first actor to be Charlie Brown in the I animated series. I can see how series. you would, those okay. two child voices would I sound see. the same okay, to people. Interesting. Uh, but no, David got it right. Then Kevin uh, chimed in to say Paul Winchell, again, the um, the Gargamel, uh, was also Dick Dastardly of Wacky Races uh, and developed and patented the first artificial heart with Dr. Henry Heimlich of the Maneuver. Oh, one of my favorite maneuvers. And he met him through his Disney work, and he's a fascinating guy. Interesting. Uh, and then Megan added that the cow also sounded like a famous voice, and she is correct. He and she says he is a hey, it's that guy. And do you know who, what guy he is? His, not. his name is Frank Nelson, better known as the yes guy who was like oh from the like the Simpsons. Well, the Simpsons parodies him, oh, but okay. he was most famously um, he was like he did that that voice that famous voice. Um, in a lot of different contexts, but the the main one uh, was uh, shoot. I'm I'm blanking on it now, but it was uh, it was like one of those one of those 50s shows that everybody watched all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you play? Uh, let's see. He was in. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. I've never heard of sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, oh yeah, because he had the he had like the waxed tipped mustache. Yeah, Jack Benny, the Jack Benny show. Oh, the Jack Benny show. Yeah, and he was like, but he kind of showed up everywhere. He was just like one of those like guys in the '60s who like showed up in in a ton of different contexts, like I Love Lucy, mm-hmm. Adam's Family, Sanford and Son. Not he, a lot of range. Not a lot. He just did his little his little thing, you know. But he he was all over the Jack Benny show, uh, doing I guess the Jack Benny program. Excuse me. Um, where he would, someone would like tap a sales clerk on the shoulder, and he would turn around and say, "Yeah," and then the crowd goes bananas, and then the crowd crowd goes wild. Exactly. And then you included a little link to the Simpsons uh, parody. This is like here. a little mini doc from from YouTube that just explains who Frank Nelson was. Maybe just play like a minute of it. <laughs> I'll say it starts with a. I don't remember this joke. Million jokes in the Simpsons. They're showing of the outside of a store with a big sign that says "Costingtons over a century without a slogan." That's a great <laughs> joke. Excuse me, sir. Yes? I'd like to buy all these toys for some needy children. 
Is this enough dirty, dirty money? As a kid, I always knew this Simpsons character was a reference to something, but it was years before I saw Frank Nelson. Something quite wonderful has happened. A no, a no, a yes. It must be going to pick up a chicken, and I need peas, corn. I think I'll get the corn first. Sir. Oh, Mr. Mister, yeah. <laughs> That's from the Jack Benny. Program. And, and the and the um, should I keep going on no, this? The got, Simpsons like recreates the exact thing. His back is to Homer when Homer yeah. walks in. That's really interesting. I actually want to watch that whole thing now, and I should um, credit the the YouTuber there. That this little uh, four minute little video um, from Anthony Scabelli yep. or Shabelli, if I'm saying that name correctly, Scabelli. Yeah, we'll include uh, that link. In yeah, the show let's sheet. link to that. Cause I actually want to watch that later. Sounds great. Very, very interesting. So, oh my and gosh, it was like a treasure trove of voice actor yeah. uh, trivia in the in the uh, Facebook group this week. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. All right, Veeves, we got to get out of here. I got a lot of work to do tonight. We, you do, and I got to go take a walk. And you got to go take a walk. Gotta just get out there and move my feet. If you would like to join the conversations, like the one you just heard on the Facebook group, <laughs> go to Facebook. And um, I'm 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 out of words, Genevieve. Can you end the show for me? Go to the Facebook group. Thank you. Um, uh, that wasn't a bit. I just realized that you lost all. You're done with all the words. My brain just went <laughs> absolutely blank. I think I'm already thinking about the next thing that I'm going to do, and I just stopped. You, you're a little overwhelmed. Sense. Well, why don't I yes. finish, why don't I wrap okay. this up? So join us on Thank the you. Facebook group. Join us on the YouTube page. You can see not you can obviously there are a lot of commercials we uh, that Andrew has been digitizing that we don't talk about here, and a lot of them are very fun. And if if you have something interesting to say about them, um, you know that's a good way of getting in touch with us and and creates uh, content for the show. So please go there. It's After These Messages Podcast. That's what you should search for on YouTube. On YouTube, After These Messages Podcast. The podcast is important. Also, I'm sorry to interrupt, Vives, but I do want to say if anybody would like to let us know about, if you live in the Northwest, if only if you live in the Northwest and you want to tell us about your sex habits, <laughs> please email me. I'm going to give you my, my personal email address okay. for that one um, for our follow-up, Sex in the Northwest Part 2. I would love to see that segment mm -hmm. if there was any way. Um, you can email us at after these messages show at gmail and you can call us at 607 444 5597. No prank calls. Talk to you next week. James Dyson, Google the devil, but I feel lucky. Extreme home makeover couldn't touch me.